Hey guys, so I have a lumberjack shirt on this morning. It's a little nippy in Austin, Texas, and I don't want to shiver. I don't want to be too cold, but there is something that absolutely causes me to shiver or go crazy, which I want to talk to you about. And it's all these AI name generators. Now, any naming consultant that's been doing this very long that tells you these things aren't getting better is not telling the truth. They're getting a lot better. And you can say, well, is this my personal opinion? I mean, what basis do I have for that judgment? Well, back when I was in my 20s, and you can tell from my face that that must have been a long time ago, I wrote the first PC name generator with three other guys that were much smarter than I was. And we decided to call it Namer, and it had four different name generators built into it. It also had five different name utilities to do basic letter manipulation and, and sound semantics and some other cool stuff. And it had two database search engines. One of the name generators that we developed was called the adaptive learning method. And it actually was a rudimentary AI algorithm type of name generator. Now, this was back in 1986. This is a long time before AI and artificial intelligence, you know, ever became a thing. And so we've been looking at this and working on these for a long time. And we decided to, to show this PC-based software to John Dvorak, who was an editor at PC Magazine. And he wrote it up in his Inside Track article in the August of 86 edition of PC Magazine. Now, we needed a good review. We had started this company. Four of us had left AC Nielsen, the Nielsen Market Research Company, back in August of 85. So it had been about a year. We had put our heart and soul into this software. And so all you startups can appreciate this, right? No income for a year. We thought we had something that was really pretty cool and exciting and new and different, all those kinds of things, right? but we needed to be known, right? We needed to get the word out there. We needed a good review. <laughs> so we, we um, were waiting for our edition of PC Magazine to arrive in the mail. And um, this is what John had to say about us. Once in a while, you hear about a program that sounds corny or Mickey Mouse or user group city. You don't take it seriously. <laughs> This was not the start of a great review, right? Corny, Mickey Mouse, user group, user group city. Don't take it seriously. John, this is not what we needed you to say. But he then went on to say, that was my initial take when I first heard about a software product called Namer. But once I used the thing, my mind changed fast. I was astonished by its capabilities. And I can understand why many advertising agencies, including J. Walter Thompson, have been playing with it. It generates product names, slogans, kids' names, and many other great names. So he liked it. And we've been refining name generators and writing code and doing all kinds of things with technology to make our client engagements more successful You know, ever since then. You know, I've personally worked on thousands of projects for clients for 35 years. And I try to stay current with the name generators. And so there are two things that they do really well, and they're getting much better at. 
the first thing that they do a really good job at is they develop names that sound right for the category. And I tried some of the best name generators yesterday as well as some others, because I think you've got to try these things every couple of weeks because they're changing so fast. And there were four that impressed me the most. Namelix, N-A-M-E-L-I-X, Luka, L-O-O-K-A, Novanim, N-O-V-A-N-Y-M, and then Shopify. And I tried some others. I wasn't as impressed with those, but those were pretty darn good. Now, one of the things I decided to try, I don't know if you guys can see this. I love ZipFizz. Uh, it's a powdered energy drink, hydration, vitamins, whatever's got in it. And I thought, well, what kind of names would these things come up with if I gave it a, a ZipFizz kind of assignment, right? Give me a, a name for a new beverage that's, you know, energy, it's got some caffeine, it gives you a boost to the day. And I was impressed, you know, it came up with names like Pure Potential, NutriVibe, Hello Hydration, and Total Life. You know, all four of those sound reasonable. They sound similar to things that are already out there in the category. I thought not bad. It also came up, they also came up with some real word names and, and different name generators did a better job at this. But some of the ideas that they came up with that made my short list were Glow, Thrive, Triumph, and alive. The second thing that name generators are getting better at is creating totally made up names uh, that are maybe a little bit more unique and distinctive. And it came back with things like Nubino, Pelavit, Numiv, and Lunova. Now, those names in general take more getting used to than the more meaningful names. And very few of our clients, quite frankly, in today's digital noisy world have the time or the money to build names that, you know, take that long to establish. But I think the first thing that name generators are definitely getting better at is creating pretty good names. And that is also creating a huge problem, a much bigger problem than we were having even a year or two ago. And that is everybody is now drowning in a sea of sameness. How do you find the needle in the haystack when all of the needles don't seem that sharp, right? You're putting your hands in the haystack. You're trying to find that needle, but the, the sharp point at the end of a stalk of hay feels just about as sharp as that needle. That's the problem with what is happening with the name generators. We're getting a lot of pretty good names, but are we getting any great names? And one of the challenges I think that a lot of folks don't understand when they start using these tools is actually the actual name generation is about 10% or less of the total effort of the total naming journey. You know, it's important, but if you're very good at this and if you do it all the time, like we do, it was never the biggest value add that we brought to the table or the hardest part of the naming journey. There are four other things that we think are more important than just having a, a set of, of names, whether they're good names or great names. The second thing is strategy fit. So the first thing was, you know, good names versus great names, right? Coming up with the names. But the second thing you need to think about is strategy fit. You can have the coolest name in the world, but if it doesn't fit your strategy, it's just going to take you down the wrong path. We made this mistake big time back in August of 85 when we all left Nielsen and started this company. We were pretty full of ourselves. We were drinking our own Kool-Aid. And we thought, you know, we can, we can come up with our own name. 
And so we did. And uh, here's what John Dvorak, at the end of that review, in his August of, of 86 column, <laughs> said about our name. Namer is available from, here's our name, Salanon, which must have used its own product and then selected the wrong option to get that name. <laughs> oh, boy. So the concluding remark at the end of this review was these guys that came up with this very cool name generator couldn't even figure out how to use it to name their own company. Not really what you want, right, when you're trying to get out there in the marketplace. Well, what were the problems with Salanon? Well, it didn't mean anything. It was a real math word. It's composed of four semicircles. There were four of us that started the company. We all had math backgrounds. It sort of looks like uh, the head of a Texas Longhorn steer, and we were all in Dallas, Texas. So it actually fit the region of the country, the cattle herding, you know, a lot of the lore that West Texas had. But nobody could remember it. It was infinitely forgettable. It had no emotional cachet. We just hadn't thought through the strategy, right? Basic strategy questions that we help clients with all the time before you start naming your things like, well, what do we want to be known for? What do you want to be known for? You know, what should the name convey? You know, what's your value prop? What's your USP? What sets you apart from the competition? Is that sustainable? Is that relevant to your customers? Um, how should it resonate with your targets? Who are your customers? Um, are there different constituencies? What's the pecking order, et cetera? There are a whole bunch of questions that go into strategy work that are just hugely important. So name generators create a preponderance of okay names, but are there any great names? They don't address strategic fit. The third thing is they don't look at legal risk. Now, back a couple of years after we started the company, I think this was 1988, three or four guys from IBM who left IBM came to me and they said, we need a name for our new company. Great. We took them through the entire exercise. We came back with some names that they got pretty excited about. And then they asked the question that we really didn't have a good answer to. And as a consultant, you always hate this, right? When a question comes up, and you, you know, you kick yourself in the shin, you say, why didn't I think of this? Are these names legally available? And sure enough, the ones they liked the most were not. So they went off and they came up with the name Tivoli. And so their company was called Tivoli Systems. And this was in 1989. In 1996, so eight years later, they sold Tivoli back to IBM, back to the company that they left for 700 and $73 million. I mean, that was a lot of money back then. I mean, you know, $743 million, I'm sorry. So almost a quarter of a billion dollars. And we could have been part of that journey, right? We could have given them a very successful name and been part of that success story had we just done the legal research we should have done. And the problem with name generators is because they generate names that use the same algorithms, the same basic building blocks over and over again. They're generating names that are very similar to names that are either already out there or that are similar to one another. Now we tried this in another scenario. We do a lot of work in the semiconductor space. So we've worked for Intel, AMD, Nvidia, Motorola, Freescale, et cetera. And there are three core things that are always important about chipsets. You know what those are. So think about, you know, a new processor in your iPhone or a new processor or chipset in your notebook. What are the three things, even as an end user, 
that you're hoping you're going to get when you buy that new iPhone or that new chipset. So the three things are it's faster, it's smaller. So now all of a sudden you can pack more into that iPhone, more cameras and everything because the chip itself is smaller. And perhaps most importantly, it uses less, less juice. It uses less energy. Those are the same three things that we've been working on since 1990, 1991, and they haven't changed, right? So the name generators know that. They build all this data based upon this experience, and guess what they're coming back with? Names that are very similar to the names that are already out there. And the problem with trademark law is, even though these name generators might generate names that are spelled differently or slightly different, they're similar. And the likelihood of confusion isn't based upon spelling. It's based upon sound. So if two names sound enough like one another, even though they're spelled very differently, that likelihood of confusion red flag goes way up and you run the risk of trademark infringement and litigation and all the kinds of things you want to avoid. So you're thinking to yourself, no problem. I can do the trademark search myself. In the USPTO, so you go to USPTO.gov, they have got a really cool new search tool, far better than tests, far better than their old uh, search tool. It is seductively slick. We've been playing around with this thing yesterday and before yesterday, and it looks amazing, right? You enter in your name, a few categories, and bang, it shows you if your name's out there, any other names that are similar to it. You can even go into the expert mode. So it's got a basic mode and expert mode. And you're getting results back in a couple minutes. And you're not finding any hits. And you're thinking, man, I've got some names from my name generator. I'm now using the new USPTO tool. And I'm not getting any hits. I'm good to go. Uh, the problem, of course, is you're missing a lot of the potential legal issues. And unless you do a lot of this, you just don't get it, right? The problem with the USPTO website is it's only federal registrations. It doesn't look at state registrations. It doesn't do anything with common law usage. And common law usage is becoming a much more common problem because so many folks are just using their names without registering them. And so the only way you find them is by doing common law usage checks, web checks, and a lot of other stuff. They have legal rights in those names just by the fact that they've used that name. Even though they haven't registered as a trademark, they can prevent you and block you from using your name and getting that registration. The USPTO website does not address that at all. It also doesn't look at foreign trademarks, right? A lot of our clients now are selling outside the US. It could be Canada, it could be Europe, who knows where, right? With the web, it's pretty darn easy to start selling things outside of just the US. But what about the URL? What about social media handles? I mean, there's so many different things that one has to consider to assess total legal risk they're just flat miss. So legal risk is number three. Number four is target resonance. Name generators don't give you any insight on what name's actually going to work best. Now, your CEO may love the name. Your whole C-suite may love the name. I've sat in a lot of these meetings where we're delighted that the names we've pitched you know, are, are starting to gain some traction. And then you look around the room, and I'll be honest with you, this isn't politically correct. They're all white guys in their 40s or 50s and 60s, right? They're targeting a more diverse, much younger population. You know, let's say gals that are moms or guys that are millennials or Gen Zers. The way those, those generations interpret 
names and react to names is radically different than the way a 40, 50, 60 year old guy is going to react to a name. And so you don't have the ability. I don't care how confident you are to really assess how that name is going to resonate with that market. And so a big part of what we help clients do is, is test names, right? And we test names in such a way that we're actually assessing behavior. You can't ask someone whether or not they like the name. That's artificial. People don't think about whether they like a name. They just react to a name. So we test behavior. We say, how are folks reacting to that name without ever asking them or without looking too hard at what do they tell us about the name? Well, name generators clearly don't do that. The fifth thing and the last thing I want to talk to you about name generators that you need to at least put on your checklist is your long-term success. Naming is not a 50-yard dash. Name generators could care less about your long-term success. There's no technology out there. AI doesn't care whether you're successful or not. Even a lot of these high-volume, low-cost naming services and naming consultants, they have you know hundreds or thousands of five-star reviews. Those aren't based upon the long-term success of the brand. They're based upon that initial reaction. Hey, this is pretty cool. Some marginal, quick and dirty preliminary trademark screen. Oh, it looks like it might be okay. I went out to that USPTO site and did that quick federal check only. Great. I love it. It was cheap. It was fast. I'm going to give them five stars. And then three months later or six months later, the examiner at the USPTO sends you a rejection notice. Can't use the name. Or a year or two later, after you've been using the name, you get the cease and desist letter from a competitor who actually owned the trademark, maybe at the state level, so you totally missed it. Doesn't make any difference. They were using it before you. They can force you to stop using your name, throw away all the goodwill, all the investment you've made in that name, and go with something totally different. So we are about that, right? And, and the better naming consultants are about that, is that we want you to be successful. We want to make sure that this is not a focus on a 50-yard dash. It's truly a marathon. The name game is a long-term game. You know, it is a marathon or an ultra marathon. It is not a 50-yard dash. It is not a short sprint. And we look at things beyond just trademark law, linguistic and cultural screenings or something that no name generator really does a good job at. Rolls-Royce learned this the hard way when they introduced the silver mist model in Germany. Mist sounded like the German word for manure. <laughs> so here you go walk into the Rolls-Royce uh, showroom. You got your 200,000 euros in your hip pocket. And you're looking at this call called silver manure. Don't think so, right? So there's so many of these issues that, that pop up. So just to close, there are five things I want you to remember before you lock and load on a name generator. Number one is good versus great. They come up with lots of pretty good names, but by doing that, they overwhelm you in this sea of sameness. They make it much more difficult to figure out where's the diamond in the rough? Where's the needle in the haystack? Where's that truly na great name, but hidden, with all, hidden within all these good names or these ho-hum names? Number two is strategic fit. You know, it doesn't make any difference how much you like the name. If it doesn't fit your strategy, and if you don't work on your strategy first, before you start using your name generators, you're going down the wrong path. Legal risk. 
this is horrendous. And it's a problem that almost nobody is worried about because it's such a complicated issue. The attorneys love it, right? Because they're, they can see all the money that's fixing the land in their, in their pockets as all this litigation picks up. It's going to happen. You know, there's just too many folks using names without doing the proper checks. And we're in a litigious society. We're seeing a lot more activity there. The fourth is target resonance. Does it, the name actually work with the people you're targeting? Not what you think about the name, but the external targets, especially if you're of a different age. And then long-term success. You know, we've been doing this since 1986. Most of our business is coming from repeat customers or referrals. We want you to be successful. And there's not a name generator. There's not a technology out there today that could care about your success. So best of luck to you going down this path. My last suggestion is just slow down just a little bit. Think about your strategy. Do it right. If you use a name generator, great. If you go to the USPTO site, great. But just remember that's the start of the journey. By no means the complete journey or what you really need to go through to have a positive outcome and a great name at the end of that whole process. See ya.